Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. My name is Brad Mason. I am here again with my wife, Natasha Mason. Hi, everybody. There she is on the side, and I think she's laughing at me because she's like, you got your radio voice on. But anyway, um, so we're glad to have you back listening to the podcast again. I want to say off top, um, if you would like to email us, you can email us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com, and we'd be glad to uh, take any emails based on, you know, what what subjects you would like us to discuss or maybe a prayer request that you might have. Um, We would be happy to have those emails. Um, If you want to give us feedback about the podcast so far, what you you heard, maybe what you like, We'd be glad to have that information as well. Uh, I think we're like at episode 33 or 34, and uh, the feedback is obviously from people listening has been really well, um, but the actual feedback as far as people giving us any uh, insight to the podcast itself has been a little bit few and far between, and we're okay with that. I don't handle criticism very well, so I'm okay (laughs) with that, you know. So anyway, uh, we're glad you're listening today. I want to remind everybody, this is, uh, what is today? Today is October the... Six. So t- today is October the 6th and Sukkot is coming up on us on October the 10th, not the 10th, it's the 15th. Um, the Day of Atonement comes up on October the 10th. So uh, this is my favorite time of the year. Um, I, I know this is going to sound crazy to a lot of people, but I listen for trumpets. Um, I get out, you know, in the morning, I think when I went to work this morning, I got to my car and I was just listening um, because this is the time of year when I think, uh, Christ's return would be most probable for me. It's what I believe. Um, so I really get excited about this time of year because I really look forward to the Lord returning. Who isn't excited about that? Um, in this episode, we're going to really kind of look away from that. We're going to talk a little bit more about, um, kind of how to talk to people who don't believe in Jesus. So this title of this episode will probably be how to witness to an atheist. That's kind of a simple thing. Um, In America, in the United States of America, atheism accounts for 15% of the current population, um, and that number is increasing every year. Uh, This is not counting um, one of the fastest growing religions in in America is Islam at the moment. Um, So you have this uh, group of people who don't believe in God and and a group of people who believe in a different version of God, and so Christianity itself is starting to see a decline. Agreed. I was wondering if you'd agree with that. Um, I think there are certain things in the church that are going to, um, they bring in people, but they don't, it's not sustainable. And what I mean by that is there are things, there are churches out there that are doing the, um, a lot of the prosperity gospel, um, a lot of the love the feel teaching. Good. Yeah, the feel good stuff. And that always packs a church. Don't get me wrong. People want to hear that. They want to hear that God loves them and he cares about them. And that is wonderful. And it's absolutely 100% true. God does love you and God does care about you. Um, but you can't leave the story there. And, and anytime that you start getting into um, things that are socially unacceptable, um, talking about sin or expectations, it really turns people off. They don't want to come to church anymore. So in America, I think the problem we have is that the fundamental church, and I'm using that as the people who believe in the scriptures, they believe just whatever the Bible says, that's what they're going to believe. So those people, I think those churches are in a decline because current culture is uh, very me-centric. I mean, if you look at YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat, all these things are very, it's about me. It's, How do I feel? 
Right. It's about putting myself on display for somebody else to approve, right? So it's all based on uh, how many, how likes, many likes am right. I getting? How many likes am I getting? Am I getting a lot of likes? I must I need more pictures. So um, it's a very selfish, self-centered type of, a, of an environment. And actually, there are studies that have come out in the recent weeks that have said that um, depression, anxiety, a lot of uh, mental disorders are really on the increase because people are really... Um, they're becoming so obsessed with this social environment and not actually being out communicating and interacting with folks. Well, it's, because it's not really r- real. No, yeah. Per se. Well, it's the illusion that I give of my life is so great, even though it may not be. Um, so people have that empty hole and they're trying to fill it with something. So well, we see that in America and we also see from the political side that our government and our, um, workplaces and our educational institutions are also pushing agendas. They're pushing anti-biblical positions, things that are not lining up with the scriptures. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's difficult for the Christian because I honestly think, um, I think you look back at, at our president, just using him as, as an example, whether you like him or not, that's irrelevant. But I think what happened was he got elected because there was a group of people who had a certain belief that they never made known. These people didn't they were walk very, around. Yeah, they were quiet about it. Exactly. They kept their mouth shut. They didn't talk about their actual beliefs while everyone else in, in the United States, the government, the media, Hollywood, and everyone is running over us telling us what is right and wrong. And so these people got tired of that, and that's why they voted for him. I, I honestly believe that. I think people just, they get tired of being constantly they beat down. They just sat back in the cut, Well, so and, and it's because we're living in the world, and as a Christian, and if you're in another country, you know this probably more so than we do in America, that you don't have the opportunity to open your mouth and always speak the truth, because it's a very volatile thing. Right. Um, we read, me and the, Natasha, we read an article this week about... Um, some gentleman in Nigeria was two gentlemen, mm. I believe it was two. Um, but they were Christians who were killed. They were killed by Boko Haram, which is, uh, some Muslim group there in Nigeria that put them to death because they're Christians. So, I mean, there are people in the world and this is the, the, the thing I have against American Christianity is we just do not even begin to understand and fathom the suffering that the church around the world is going through. If you're listening to the podcast in another country and you're going through this, you know, I, I really don't understand some of the things you have to deal with. And I'm very sorry that I don't get that. I kind of, you know, all all I can do is pray about it. But in America, we're facing a, a bit of a different change in our expectation from the church. I think the, there's a, a turn in our political environment that is going to root out the Bible believing Christian. You're going to have to get off the fence, open your mouth. Right. And you're going to say what you believe. You're going to take that. You're going to have to, you're going to have to stand up for what you believe in the end, or you're, you know, you're not standing for anything. Um, so in this episode, we're going to look kind of at, uh, one of the things that we've, we've talked about, we've dealt with are are people who are atheists, um, in the past. And I've had a couple uh, run-ins with some atheists. Um, the reason we bring it up is again, in America, it's one of our fastest growing segments in the population. The young people are coming out of college and they just don't have a belief in God. Um, and, and I don't know if it's so much, someone, uh, said it's not that they don't believe that God is real. They just have no God belief. And I, and I kind of, it's kind of a weird way to put it, I guess. But when I think about it and I look at it, I'm like, you know, 
it's a difficult situation because so maybe you're listening to the podcast you've got friends who are an atheist or you've got an opportunity to talk to someone with uh, who is an atheist or family and, members yeah and you're saying you know how do i even deal with this subject um the first thing i'm going to say off top is, is you cannot have a discussion an open discussion about this if they don't want to talk about it you know you're going to get nowhere you're going to you're going to accomplish nothing um if a person is not willing to have an open discussion about their beliefs then you're just um you're kind of wasting your time and you're going to wind up being the guy who's always beating me over the head with it. You know, I spoke to a gentleman today at work um, and he was like, you know, uh, he was talking to me and he was swearing and he said, I'm sorry if that was offensive. Um, And I said, you know, I kind of, it is what it is. And he, and he said, um, well, I wasn't raised that way. I was raised Christian. And I said, really, that's kind of odd that he would tell me that. And uh, he said, um, but I'm not, you know, ever since I came out, my family just threw me to the side and they don't want nothing to do with me. And so, you know, he really painted this picture that his Christian family had thrown him to the side because he'd come out as, as a gay man, um, which is very sad because as Christians, we're supposed to be loving. That's, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. And he said, but it's okay. Cause I found a family who accepts me. Right. And, and they're, they've treated me better. And, you know, I kind of felt bad because I'm like, we want to, as Christians, we we are so uh, against the sin in our own lives, but we really we need to find a way to connect with those people in our families and our friends, and they may not agree with us, and they may not have the same viewpoint as us, and they they. But that doesn't mean they're any less important than anyone else. Right. I mean, we can't. So if you're dealing with somebody who's an atheist in your family, or an atheist who's your friend, or an atheist that's a coworker, we definitely don't want to beat them over the head. That's the number. You know, you you. Uh, if they don't want to have a conversation about it, then let it go, because it's it's not going to do you any good. They're going to see you as the family member who always beats me up with this. Who you know, you go to a family uh, reunion, right? Every year, Thanksgiving or Christmas, people get together and they sit around the table. And there's always that one one person who wants to go on about politics and he might disagree with everybody else in the family, but that one part. And so every time now, when you go to the thing, you're like, Oh, I really hope he's not there because every time we go, he talks about politics. And so this is the way it is, right? So if you have Christians, uh, friends, that's great. If you have, if you have atheist friends, that's great. If they want to talk about it, if they're willing to open up and share, then there's your opportunity. Um, I definitely don't think it hurts to uh, interact with people when they make a, a statement. Um, probably two years ago, I ran across a girl, who I was working with at the time, who said um, she was talking. I don't remember what we were talking about. She listened to some rock and roll groups or something. I mean, she really was in big into the 80s hair band type thing. And um, she made this statement that she was an atheist. And I said, give me five minutes and I'll prove that you're not an atheist. And she's like, what? And I said, yeah, give me five minutes. All I need is five minutes. And I'm going to prove that you're not an atheist. You're more of an agnostic than anything. And she's like, no, I just, I don't believe there's a God. And so I took five minutes and I, I drew out my plan and I, I kind of explained to her this idea. And, I, and when I got done talking, she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not an atheist. <laughs> and I said, exactly. See, this is, you're not an atheist. And so the first thing I would say, if you're, if you're able to talk to someone who's an atheist, you have to understand that they are, uh, most people who are atheists consider themselves very logical. Um, they're very factual. They're, they're very information well, I, oriented. I, I believe science. Right, exactly. So they're very factual. Um, and to them, the idea of morality and sin are irrelevant. You, you, you don't go to an atheist and say, you're, you're all these sins, you're a sinner. You, they, don't, they don't even want to start there because they see that as a, uh, a construct from the scripture. You're giving me something that somebody else wrote that tells you what's right and wrong. And they avoid all the you know other trappings there. But they, they don't want to have that basic 
conversation about faith and feelings. You can't do that because that's not how. So I think one of the things, first, one of the first things I always do is to kind of show them that they're not really a true atheist. Um, Cause I don't really believe there's such a thing. I don't think there's a, and you can, maybe you're yelling at the podcast now going, no, I'm a real atheist. You know. Well, I think the, the main key is you can't really talk to an atheist and be like, I'm going to save you today. No, absolutely. It, it's more like planting a little seed so that they think on that and they ponder and then they may come back to you with a follow-up question right uh, so and say you're having this conversation you're you're talking to this person who's an atheist and you're you, maybe you're sitting there and you're saying how can i how do i get them to see beyond their what they're believing right so here's the thing number one thing you have to understand my faith in christ is the same faith that people put in to believing they're the descendants of a monkey the same belief that I have in Jesus is the same belief that somebody applies to evolution because you've never seen evolution. You weren't there when it happened. There's not a, um, there's no links between species, uh, evolution within a species. There's variations in a species, but there's no crossing over from a cat and a dog to a cog. I mean, you, there's no, none of that's in the, the fossil record. So there's, there's a lot of problems there. And historically speaking from that side that they can't see, but they believe it which is faith. That's what that is. If you want to know, you put your faith into something you don't see and trust, and you're, you're basing your whole life on that. So you're putting your faith in that, just like I am Jesus. So there's, there's no two, th those two type of things are very similar at the same time. Um, so that's the, that's the logic you kind of have to go with. Um, so number one, if someone comes to you and they tell you they're an atheist, the, uh, the, the first question you ask them is, is there a God? Do you believe that there's a God? And if they're an atheist, this is different than agnosticism. Um, an agnostic would acknowledge that there is a supreme being in the universe. I just can't interact with them, right? So the agnostic might say, um, yeah, there's a God, but I don't know who he is. I'm really spiritual. You know, I, I really feel things in my soul. Um, you know, I go to a place and I feel this, uh, this presence when I'm there. Uh, this is, uh, again, if you look at uh, European churches, Catholic Church was huge into this. The reason the churches were built so grand and huge and, you know, the ceilings are so high is that you have the feeling of being in a place where God would be. Oh, well, God must be in this place. It's huge. Or oh, it's so pretty. Exactly. So you, and we're, we're still, you know, American churches are the same way. We, we, we want people to feel like God is in it. So we put gold things all around and we hang big crosses and we big lights. And I mean, we really build this huge um, show, show place to showcase that God is here. And the truth of the matter is, you know. He's in the quiet. He's in the closet. I mean, scripture says you go pray in your, your quiet place. You get in that closet and you shut the door and God, guess what? God's in there. God's in your car on your ride to work. God's in your house. He doesn't, he's, you know, he doesn't need that. Um, we talked about one of the previous podcasts where David wanted to build him a temple and God's like, I don't need that. What do I need that for? But he said, you know what? I'll let Solomon, and get Solomon, he built him this huge, wonderful place that he was happy to let be destroyed a few times because he really wasn't that, didn't matter that much to him. Um, it mattered to the son, Jesus come in, run him out of the temple because this is the father's house. But that was the, the point is that God is willing to live inside of us. He's willing to be around us. He's willing to, he's everywhere. So, um, when we look at that and, and we talk to those, when we talk to people about that kind of thing, uh, we have to understand that they have this idea that, uh, God is not real and he doesn't exist. So you get them to admit that first is that, that, well, you know, I don't believe in God. I don't think he's real. So then the, the, one of the questions I would typically ask 
is, have you been everywhere? Have you seen everything? Have you done everything? You know, I mean, um, how much knowledge do you think you have? In the grand scheme of things, what do you think you know? Maybe 10%. Of everything that's ever been known. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe point, point 0.1%. Maybe less than that. So take all of human knowledge. This is where, This is what I told the girl. I said, take all of human knowledge, everything in history, everything we know about everything from the medical field to science to history to take everything we know as humans. Now, how much of that do you think you know? And she said, I don't really think I know. I don't know everything. I don't know that much. And the question I have is, is, is it possible? Is it just possible that God could exist outside of what you know? You only know so much, this little finite amount. Is it possible that God exist outside of what you know, and you just haven't met him yet. And she said, yeah, yeah, that's possible. Then you're not an atheist. Because an atheist is going to tell you there is no God, but the only way they could know that is if they searched the entire planet, if they looked at every planet in the universe, if they went behind every rock and every tree and every closet and looked in every house, if they covered the globe, if they covered the universe, then definitively, and once you've done all of that, you could come back to me and say, I don't believe there is a God. And I would still say, well, what if he wasn't there when you went to look? What if he moved? What if, what if he gone to take a walk? Right. What if he changed locations? I mean, you don't, there's no definitive way to say that God doesn't exist. So, you know, that's the first breakdown is when a person realizes, you know what? I don't know everything. Yeah, you're right. I mean, logically speaking, because I'm a very logical person, maybe, maybe I'm not so much a hardcore atheist. I think when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, that they aren't really atheists. No. They're it's it's um agnostic or sure. it's um okay well I don't really care yeah and and it, and it really goes so some of the and I'll give you some hints here to help you out if you go on YouTube and you look up Ray Comfort Living Water Living Waters Ministries they're out of California he's with Kirk Cameron fantastic he does open air speaking and one of the things he does with people even atheists is he will offer them a hundred dollars if they can prove to him that they are good people. Um, and people come up and they interact and they like to come up and act like they're good and great. And he asks them questions based on the scriptures. And he says, okay, according to this standard, God's word, are you a good person? And then he'll ask them, have you ever stolen anything? Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever looked upon somebody with lust in your heart? Jesus said that's the same as adultery. And it's, it's amazing to watch people that immediately they go, oh, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I've done that. And he says, now, in a court of law, if God's law is the, if it's the law that you're supposed to follow in God's court of law, would you be innocent or would you be guilty of breaking his law? And they guilty. would say, every one of us, the scripture says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So every single one of us in the court of God's law is guilty for violating the law of God. So none of us are good. Every one of us is wretched and, and a sinner. And so he'll take them down that path and he'll lead them down it. And he'll say, now in that same court of law, Jesus has paid for your penalty, the, the, for you breaking the law. He died and he paid for that. And he's willing to forgive you and set you free. All you have to do is believe and give your life to him. And then he'll ask the person, what do you think you should do? And they'll say, I should believe. 
Exactly. They'll say they should be saved. And there's YouTube video after YouTube video of him talking to young people in college campuses, people immediately realizing that they need salvation and people getting saved and people walking. Now, there's always the people who are screaming and yelling and mad and angry because he's proving a point and they really feel, you know, and, and this is the thing of interacting with someone is that um, a lot of times the emotions take over, right? So, but it's also, if you're a Christian, I'm going to give you some advice. If you're witnessing to somebody and the Lord is um, weighing on your soul and you're about to ball up and cry, let the Lord weigh on your soul, ball up and cry, because that might be what that person needs. We have to understand that it's it's easy to stand up and wave the Bible around and tell people, oh, you should be good. You should be bad. We're, you know, but they need to see it in us. They need to see the reality of Christ living in our hearts, because if they don't see that, what's going to make them want it? Right. That doesn't make me want it. It's the same thing I have with, this is why I don't want to be an atheist. I don't I, want somebody yelling and screaming no, at me. I've yet to see one atheist that has moved me with any passion to want to dump God. I'm not seeing one stand up and give me a rousing speech and make me say, wow, man, that guy was so on point. I'm going to give up everything I believe. But that's what we're asking them to do. Right. We're asking them to give up everything they believe. And I, mean, I, think, if, I think it's very hard for people to say, I was wrong. Absolutely. And, and that, that's not what we're... We don't push that. If you talk to someone who doesn't have a belief in God, don't push the fact that you want them to say they're wrong. You're just trying to get them to to break down that wall a little bit, to admit that they don't know everything, that there may be the possibility that God exists. Uh, Richard Dawkins, I think he wrote a book called The God Delusion. He's one of the biggest atheists on the planet right now. He pushes it hard, but even down very deep in some of his writings, he's even said that he, yeah, he's not 100% sure because he's not. He can't be. You know, um, one of the arguments that people use with me all the time about the Bible is, why would I follow a book that was written by other men? Why would I let somebody else tell me what to do? This is an infamous argument I had with a friend of mine one day, um, early morning in the work. And I said, everything you do in your life was written down and directed to you by somebody else. There's not a piece of knowledge that you do not know that somebody else did not write. So it's hypocritical to say, why should I follow the Bible that was written by men when you have to follow the Constitution that was written by men and you have to follow the laws that were written by men? You already give your life over to other men or other people in their life. Yes. So you can have what you consider freedom. That's what we do in America. We have this government that tells us what our laws are. They write them out and we say, oh, we're free. Really, are we free? We obey what somebody else tells us to do. So your argument that you won't follow the scriptures is because you, I'm not going to have somebody else tell me what to do. That's pointless because your whole life is directed by somebody else telling you what to do. The difference between the scriptures and our government laws is that they set us free from sin. The laws that we have in our society try to prevent us from sinning. They don't set us free from it. We can still sin. We can still go out here and break the speed limit. Uh, we can still go out here and, and steal out of a grocery store. You can still do all those things. The law is going to catch up to you. They're going to prosecute you and put you in jail for doing those things. But it doesn't set you free from the desire and the need and the want to sin. That's what the Bible does. Um, if you don't know, and I'm just going to explain it real quick, the Bible says that our sins are like chains. They're burdens around our neck. They hold us down. They are here to destroy us. They are here to kill us. And that's what they do. They bring about our death and destruction. And the, the blood of Jesus was paid to set us free from that, from the sin that we have. It's not to make us holier than thou's. It's not to make me a better person than anybody else. It is to redeem me and reconcile me unto God by breaking the chains of sin. 
And this is what people, you know, when you get into it, again, you can't with an atheist, you really can't get into the morality issue because they don't believe that the Bible has any moral basis. But again, it's one of those things where I go back to, well, okay, so how does a society function? If a society functions based on what a society believes is right and wrong, then the Nazis weren't wrong for killing Jews because the whole society believed that it was okay to do. There has to be some moral authority that says, no, murder is wrong. You can't do that. You can't rape other people. That's wrong. You can't steal from other people. That's wrong. These are the things we, we're all born. We all know these things. These things are innate things that God has put in each and every one of us to know that stealing is wrong. I should not steal and take from someone else. It's not mine. We know that murder is wrong. I shouldn't do that. I don't kill other people. I don't take anyone's life from them. That's a precious thing. And when you break it down and you, you go into a society, and this is what one of the huge problems I think we have in America, is when you break it down and you start pulling all those things away from people, you start seeing crime increase. You start seeing murder increase. You start seeing theft increase. You start seeing an increase in criminal activity because we've removed these ideas that you are responsible and culpable to a living God. That he's made us valuable. You know, we want, that's one of the things this podcast, we, we said over and uh, over before is that people matter to us around the world. We're just two little people in, in a house in North Carolina who are just trying to do what the Lord wants us to do. And, and we don't have huge influence, but I want you to know that you matter. God loves you and he cares about you, whether, whether you believe in him or not. Even if you're, say you're an atheist and you've got on this podcast somehow and you've listened to this far. Right? I'm going to tell you right now, God cares about you. He loves you. He sacrificed his son for you. You, whoever you are, you, that's who he sacrificed his son for. And he is offering you something that's completely free. It doesn't cost you anything. It just, and it sets you free from every, every problem you've ever had. And all the stuff that's bound your heart and all the sin that's been in your life, it sets you free from all of that. And it's just being willing to say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow after that. I'm going to give this a chance. And that's all, you know, you, sometimes that's all you can give to somebody is, is, you know what, we're going to talk about this. Let's have this conversation. You know, maybe you talk to somebody who's an atheist and they got some great points. Um, I, again, do some more research. Ravi Zachariah, YouTube, great guy, brilliant. Um, that man has so much, the information he puts out is, is way above my head, but he can explain things to you in such a way that it gives you a little more, more opportunity, a little more, um, a little more talking points when you want to talk to somebody of, of kind of how to deal with it. Um, so it's not an easy situation. We know it's not a, you know, um, that young girl that I talked to, she went over to say she was an agnostic and, uh, did she get saved? As far as I know, not yet. Does that mean she never will? I don't know. But the idea is to, what Natasha was saying, is to plant that seed and to see if we can get a little crack in there. You know, see if you can get a little, a little bit of light in that darkness and you let the, the Lord and the Holy Spirit do their part. And you don't ever know what part in the process your seed planting is. You may never see it come to fruition, but you have to play your part. Right. Very true. Um, I think I told a story before of a, a gentleman that I worked with who got upset with me when I witnessed to him. We were talking about Noah's Ark and um, the, the Old Testament, and he got very upset with me because of uh, one of his children had an illness. And he said, I'll never believe in your God, because why would he let my daughter be born with this uh, illness that she had? And he said, it's just preposterous to me to think that there was a boat that had all these animals on it. And I don't. You're sitting here telling me this God is real and he loves us all, but look at my kid. And then... Uh, Fast forward 20 years, and this guy is one of the go-getness Christians I've ever seen. 
I mean, he is he has given his life to the Lord. He has, and it's absolutely astonishing. And I don't know, you don't, I don't know where that conversation led in his life. What led him to turn to the Lord? But I do know that I had that conversation with him at one point, and he has given his life to God. Well, I think a lot of atheist non-belief is rooted a lot of times in a very deep hurt, and they just. They can't get over that. And I think once that they are able to get over the hurt, his was the hurt of his child being sick. Yeah. Then once you can just let that go and just let God fill all that up, then it's very powerful. Absolutely. So if you have those opportunities to talk to people and you have the opportunity to share the gospel with them, I would encourage you to do so. Whether they're atheists or not, whether they have some kind of belief, um, please understand that not everyone who says they're a Christian is, knows what that actually means. So take the time and find out, have that relationship with somebody, talk to someone, um, get a little bit deeper with it, right? Ask poignant questions, questions that only a believer would know. You know, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta get deep in. You want to make sure that you know, that you know, I know where I'm going to go when I die. Do you know? I know. I know. I'm not even, I, it's, it's real. I know it's real. So we got that. Um, outside of that, I just want to share a little bit. If you want to contact us again, you can contact us at the abnormal Christian at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those places. Everybody does everything. Um, we're there as well. Um, we thank you for listening and we really hope that you know uh people around we are noticing there are people around the world who are listening and it's it's mind-blowing for us and we pray for you uh almost nightly we thank the lord for everyone who listens and uh, we just uh, encourage you to go out into the world make disciples of other people share the gospel of jesus christ because the only thing that is going to save this planet uh we appreciate you and we'll catch you next time bye